0: Welcome to the Crossview Church message of the week. We hope you enjoy the message this morning. For more information, visit us at mycrossview.com. Well, hello everyone. Good to see you. Thank you so much for the uh, the happy birthday song. You all have incredible voices. Well done. I was impressed by the band just pulling that song out and just playing. Incredible. You're talented. Well done. Uh, as you can see, today we're diving into Psalm 23 for uh, the the next of our Psalms in our summer Psalms series. It is one of the most well known Psalms, if not one of the most well known uh, Scripture passages in the entire Bible. And I know it is such a meaningful uh, it is such a meaningful Psalm for me, and I know it is for you as well. Uh, we use it. In a lot of different ways and capacities in our lives. Well, I'm really excited uh, to dive more and more into Psalm 23. Last week, if you were here last week, we went through Psalm 40. And uh, in Psalm 40, those, the, big, the first three verses, which is what we looked at, uh, we talked about the idea that the authors of the Psalms, particularly King David, uses words and images to help grip us, right? To help us make, to help make us feel what he's feeling, The Psalms are not necessarily like photographs that describe a particular event or a moment in time, but rather they use use rich imagery uh, to help grip our imaginations and speak deeply to our hearts. So for example, if you were with us last week, the first three verses of Psalm 40, remember we talked about it kind of feeling like a backward psalm where you almost kind of hear the answer to the prayer and you don't hear the prayer and then it gets kind of worse as the psalm goes on. But in Psalm 40, David uses a combination of words and images like despair and pit and the mud and the mire and the concept of sinking versus standing on solid ground all designed to, all designed to help us Uh, feel deeply his despair and anguish. Do you remember that? But then what's really cool is he hits us with God's plan of getting us out of the pit and leaves us with this lingering sense of incredible hope. That's Psalm 40. And uh, Psalm 23 does something very similar. There's, uh, it's, it's possible that there's no better psalm to be experienced or felt than Psalm 23. It, it, maybe that's true in your own experience as well. One commentator I read wrote this, that the psalm itself is a green pasture. The psalm itself is a still water. The psalm itself restores our, our souls. Isn't that a great way to think about this psalm? I actually kind of think the way that uh, Pastor Holly and I were talking about this, I kind of characterized this psalm as like the biblical version of standing on the beach and looking at the ocean, right? You know that feeling where it's just like, ah, it's just nice. We talked about this in our our podcast, but there's like a a physiological reason for that. It's called blue space. Just not being able to see the horizon and seeing all the depth of that blue space actually uh, creates relaxation in your body. Isn't that cool? It's why, for most people, the, the, the beach is a, a relaxing place. This psalm is kind of like that. Although, I want to say, this psalm, while it's comforting and it restores our soul and it's, it's pleasant, it, uh, it addresses, it assumes a difficult reality in our lives. And so, while this psalm is very, very important and helpful, we need to recognize what's happening here. Uh, Are any of you in the place where you need that kind of restoration of your soul? That kind of sense of peace that's given to you? This kind of ministering presence that comes from Psalm 23? I know many of us uh, are, many in this room, if you're watching online, we've all faced a difficult uh, reality, and many of us have difficult things happening in our lives. But, uh, so if you're in need of that, you've come on the right day, because this psalm is a very, very meaningful and personal psalm. Did you know there's no we or us or they in this psalm, but the words my, me, I, he, and you. When you read through that, you look at those pronouns, it's very personal. One of the reasons that uh, that this psalm is such an attraction for us is because we all hunger for that kind of a personal relationship and experience with God. So in the spirit of how we've been teaching these psalms over the past couple weeks, I've got a few things I want to highlight, things that we can learn from this psalm. But first, I'd like to read it together. So let's read Psalm 23. It'll be on the screen, or you can follow along in your Bibles or on any device. Uh, it says this, that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You just read that first line, you're like, yeah, that's good, right? It's familiar, you know it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. I love this psalm. So the first thing that this psalm teaches us is that we should talk to God. This might seem obvious, especially in our own kind of spiritual life and our spiritual walk. We talk about prayer fairly regularly, but this psalm teaches us to talk to God. Uh, it, this psalm recognizes and teaches us that we can have a very personal and authentic ongoing relationship and experience with, the, with God because he's very, very personal, and it's like I mentioned before; it's very fun to notice what David, the author of this psalm, does with the pronouns that he uses in this passage. Notice how familiar they get. In the first three verses, he uses he refers to God as He. The Lord is my shepherd; He makes me lie down in passion, and, and makes me lie down. He leads me; He restores my soul. And then in the following verses, it switches. David in verses four and five refers to God as You. I will not fear, for You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me. You anoint my head with oil. Isn't that cool? It's a cool shift that David's making. And I think um, one of the, the, there's a reason I point this out because we learn uh, from the structure of this psalm that we should not talk very long about God without talking to God. We're very good at talking about God, right? But this psalm and the way that it works encourages us to talk. To God. It invites us into this very personal relationship where we can talk to God and with God, and it's going to be very important as this psalm goes on. Every person, believer or or not, or every person, and especially every believer, is on some level a bit of a theologian. That is, uh, we we try to understand the character and nature of God and and the ways of God, and then we try to put that into words, right? (laughs) So we do this work here, and we do a disservice to ourselves if we learn about God and never talk to God. And I know you all, you all know this. You're all spirits or giants, right? But sometimes this is a difficult thing. We can, get, we, can just, we can slide into the idea of we just talk about God, even when we, and especially when we need to talk to, to God. We need to connect our head with our heart as we form a deep relationship with the living, loving creator of all things. And I, I, I think it's really important. It doesn't matter how many times you need to hear this, maybe how many times you've already heard it, you can have a deep and ongoing relationship with the loving God, creator of all things, heaven and earth. Amen? Yeah. So it's good. So here's an example. It's good, uh, it's, it's good to learn about God's grace, but it's better to recognize where God has been graceful to you. Right? It makes it real. We should frequently interrupt our talking about God with our talking to God. One author I wrote this week uh, wrote this. Not far behind this sentence, God is generous, should come our prayerful sentence, thank you God for your generosity in my own life. This is what David does in Psalm 23 and it's beautiful and it helps us understand and is part of the reason we love this psalm because it's so personal between David and God. And We recognize we can have that too. You can have that. It's almost like David is talking to a good friend. And you know why? Because he is. <laughs> it's so great. So have you at some point in your uh, relationship with God, or maybe even in this kind of exploring of faith, maybe, maybe you don't believe in Jesus and you're trying to figure this whole thing out. Uh, there's a, maybe there's a disconnect that you've experienced between what you know of God and your relationship with God. Psalm 23 is here to help us encourage, no matter what stage of that process you're at, Begin to talk to God, no matter how you are coming to him. It's really fun. Pastor Holly and I, we talked about this this last week in our podcast as well, but uh, we keep talking about all the drama that it feels like on these, in these psalms of David. David's kind of all over the place, right? He, uh, he's all over the—he's very emotional when he writes these psalms. He's up and down, and he's very honest with his own experience. And I love that. I hope you love that, too. It's one of the ways that we can deeply relate with the psalms. David is so full of drama, and he's all over the place. I'm like, yeah— that's me. <laughs> so this is one of those good, those good things. Here's an encouraging truth. You can come as you are, even if you're not sure about this whole Jesus thing, and you can begin to talk to God. Amen? Take advantage of that. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. We often say this, right? But begin this relationship with God. Begin your own journey with Jesus. It's incredible. And here's some really important uh, realizations as to why we need to do this. Uh, the second thing that the psalm teaches is that valleys can draw us closer to God. This is so vital. The world is facing so many hard things right now, right? Not just our lives, not just in our own country, but in countries around the world. We think about what's happening in Afghanistan. There are so many challenges on such a large and global scale uh, where we're facing difficult Uh, realities. And if we choose as people of faith, this can actually draw us closer to God rather than push us away or divide us further. And it's really important that we recognize and realize this. With all that we've just talked about in terms of talking to God, have you ever asked yourself, why does David switch from the he, talking about God, and uh, he will do this to you, God, you will do this for me. Why didn't he just keep going on saying, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, uh, he is with me, his rod and his staff, they comfort me. I think the switch to the more intimate you is precisely because David, maybe he's even entering one of the valleys of the shadow of death that he's talking about. There's, so there's a switch here that's notable and important. And that is when he goes through something difficult, What he shows us is he begins to talk to God and not about God, which is fascinating. Because I think when we face something difficult, we have this tendency to assume that God is not near or that he's abandoned us or that he's not watching over us. It's the classic problem of pain is what it's called historically, which is why does a good God allow bad bad things to happen to good people? This is a question that has been asked for years and centuries since the beginning of faith. We understand and recognize that we live in a very difficult and broken reality. God doesn't micromanage. We're not robots. He lets us have our own choices, and sometimes we have to face the consequences of those choices. This psalm reminds us that even though we go through some of that, something like the valley of the shadow of death, we are not forgotten, and God has not abandoned us. In fact, he's with us every step of the way. Amen. And I'm sure that you've experienced this to some degree, but Christ, the crises of life, rather than distancing us from God, if we choose, can actually draw us closer to God. Maybe that's a bit of a reframing for us. But here's a a truth. When it comes to the spiritual life, we can be more prone to talk to God when we're in the green pastures, right? And maybe we're more prone to talk about God when we're going through the valley of the shadow of death because we feel like he's far away, right? This psalm encourages us to talk to God knowing that those valleys, if we press into the, the loving presence of the Lord, we begin to, we open ourselves to recognize where he is in the midst of this difficulty, can actually draw us closer to God in the moments where we need it most. This isn't always easy. Like I said, when we face fear or difficulty, when we don't have control over what's happening in our lives, maybe there's a significant unknown, maybe you've experienced a loss Maybe there's emotional and relational pain that's hard to handle. But we can take comfort uh, that we are not abandoned, but that the Lord is with us. And if this is our posture, the valleys of life can actually draw us closer to God. We, uh, I mean, what choice do we have, right? (laughs) It's in those difficult moments that maybe the statements about God, like God gives grace to the lowly, can turn into our actual cry for help. Oh God, help me, for I don't know how I'm going to make it. Right? God can help us and give us guidance and peace like no one else because this passage tells us again that he is our shepherd. We, don't, we're not an, we, we are not shepherds. Most of us are not shepherds, and it's difficult to understand the depth of meaning Uh, of that image. But Pastor Holly, some weeks ago, uh, preached an incredible message on the connection between the Old Testament and New Testament, and this image of God as our shepherd, right? But God is the one who can, he's our watchful protector, and he knows what we need and when we need it, and he has the ability to take care of us. We have to trust that in difficult moments. And you know why we have to trust that? Because of what the third thing that the psalm teaches us, is that difficult seasons of life will come. Right? So it's kind of, maybe you're feeling this tension. You're like, wait, Pastor Kyle, we're we're talking about Psalm 23. This seems a little down, right? (laughs) Psalm 23 should be encouraging and helpful and, and lovely and pleasant. It is, but it is that because it recognizes this reality in our life. That difficult seasons will come. It says this, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me when we are walking through difficult seasons, we need to remember that God is with us. And the cool thing about this verse here is that it's focused not on us, but the shepherd, right? That's so important to remember when we're looking at this. One commentator I read this week wrote this, though I as one of the flock should walk through the most dismal valley in the dead of night, exposed to pitfalls, precipice, devouring beasts, I will not fear under the guidance and protection of such a shepherd. I love that encouragement. He knows all the dangerous passes that we're going to face, that we're coming up to. He knows the hidden pits, the abrupt precipices, and he knows how to guide us around and through them. And this is where the psalm gets real for us because we don't like having to go through them. Right? We want to go around them. We want to avoid all the pain in life. But this says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. God's with us as we walk through the difficult things in life. And we know we all have to do that. If we have a God as, as a as companion, we don't need to fear uh, and for he he doesn't get lost and he doesn't get injured, right? He's with us. This is good news because even though God, as the psalm makes clear, leads us to good things, sometimes that means having to lead us through hard circumstances. And if you look at the connection between verses three and four, it's fascinating. It says, "He leads me in right paths for His name'sake, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for You are with me. Your rod and your staff they comfort me." Did you catch that first part? He leads us through. He leads us in right paths for His name'sake, even though we're going through difficult realities. He is with us. He has not abandoned us. He's leading the way through it. That is so encouraging, isn't it? It's so, so encouraging. Sometimes shepherds have to get their sheep where they need to go. Where they, uh, sorry, sometimes shepherds to get their sheep where they need to go have no choice but to take their flock through dangerous and perilous situations. I'm not saying he causes those in our lives. What I'm saying, what this psalm is saying is that even though we go through those, he's with us right? This is so, so important. Don't lose hope and be encouraged that in the most difficult things that you will ever face in your life, the Lord is with you. The psalm points out, and it's important for us to remember uh, that we, we are pictured as the sheep and that we've got to trust our shepherd to help us, to be with us, and to help us get through what could be a very difficult journey or section of our journey. There are many times where the only way for us to get to where we're supposed to be is to go through a difficult season. Sometimes, on the other side of that difficult season, we experience incredible transformation and change. But it doesn't mean that it's gonna be easy and we need to recognize that the Lord is with us. Uh, Several years ago, when I was uh, a youth pastor, I took my students on a weekend camping trip. I loved doing this, this was super, super fun. But uh, I had uh, a youth staff member who loved uh, planning hiking trips. And so I just, I just said, feel free, I, let, just plan a hiking trip. We're going to take sixth graders through high schoolers. Uh, would you just plan all the details? And uh, so he loved doing this, and he planned this incredible uh, hike for us. And I kept checking in with him. He's like, yeah, I got the details. He gave me the hike. And it wasn't until later on, maybe a couple of days before we were going, and I should have known, to check, okay. Well, I told them I wanted it not to be a very long hike, so I think it was between four or five miles, which is doable for a group of students, maybe a little long for the, for the younger students. But I didn't ask about elevation gain. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> this was an incredible hike. But the elevation gain was several thousand feet over some switchbacks that had no cover. And it was a bright and sunny day. And I'll never forget one of our poor sixth grade students. She came up to me, maybe, this was before we even got to the part where it was really going up. But she came up to me, she had a backpack, we were staying a couple nights, she had a backpack, and I think it was maybe 30 or 40 pounds, and so it was a little heavy, and she's like, I can't do it. And so I was like, okay. I had a pack, I think that was about 50, 55 pounds. And I ended up carrying her pack as well. (laughs) But we get to this point where we're just about to go to the switchbacks. And uh, I asked the leader, I said, so where can you, like, can we see where we're going? And he's like, yeah, look up there. And we could see, we could see a waterfall. And he said, you see that waterfall? We're going to the lake that's, that's the source of that waterfall. (laughs) And it was like... Oh my goodness, the journey was so difficult. But the destination was beautiful, right? The destination was beautiful. It was like heaven. And sometimes it's appropriate for us to all acknowledge that God knows that sometimes for us to grow, He has to help us navigate the valleys and the difficult times in life that we face. But He's with us every moment of the way. He doesn't leave us. He gives us hope. He leads us through and what's another thing that's important for us, that's really important for us to notice, the Lord doesn't abandon us, and in those hard times, He's with you, providing for you and leading the way that you should go. Look at Psalm 84:11. It says this: "For the Lord is our Son and our shield. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will uphold or will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right." About Philippians 4:19, another fairly familiar one. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which uh, have been given to us in Christ Jesus. So we understand that the Lord will lead us to good things, even if it means taking us through difficult valleys, but there's so much hope in that he goes with us. And the last thing, which is very important for us to know about this psalm, is that it teaches us that God comforts our soul. Ah, there it is, right? <laughs> there's, the, there's that encouragement, that familiar tone of the psalm that we've been looking for. So this next phrase has been a great source of strength and encouragement uh, to me, but I know it has been to you. And it just starts right from verse 1. Again, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And that, that idea of I shall not want is this incredible word that says that the Lord will not withhold anything that we lack. Not, it's not that I, I, I won't want anything, I won't desire anything, it's that the Lord knows what's best for us and he'll always provide what's needed. You won't lack what you need. Isn't that incredible? That's so great. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack anything I need from God's abundance. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters and he restores my soul. This is good news after what we've just recognized that life is full of difficult circumstances. We see the same need for a comforter in other passage, passages all over the Bible. And what's really great here is that in Psalm 23, we find the answer to this need for a comforter and a savior. When we face all kinds of trials, when, when a comforter seems far off, we actually have a God who works to give us protection and the comfort we need and gives from the abundance of who he is. Again, we've recognized this in every psalm that we've looked at so far, but it's like God's grace and abundance just piles on. Sometimes it's just incredibly overwhelming. He refreshes our soul when we feel dry and lifeless. And, uh, and it, he leads us to these types of green pastures and still waters. This idea of, hi- of comfort is heightened here in Psalm 23, verse 4. And I'd like to read the, verse 4. We've already read it, but I want to read it from what's called the Passion Translation. And this is, in, this is a really great version of it. It says this. Even when your, path's, your path takes me through the valley of deepest, dar- of deepest, darkest, sorry. Even when your path takes me through the valley of deep, deepest darkness. Fear will never conquer me, for you already have. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely, for you are near. Isn't that great? (laughs) I love that. So if our faith is in the Lord, that we can endure the pain and the difficulties of life. There are a few ways that we can do this. I think first, and this is the difficult one, but through God's presence, we can experience a sense of release from the anxious cares that have made us feel so hopeless. This is one of the ways that God provides this peace for us. 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7 says, so humble yourselves under the authority, under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Another passage from Philippians chapter four, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Sometimes the many demands uh, and expectations that we carry combined with frustrating obstacles we face can squeeze the life out of us, right? Or at least it can feel like that, (laughs) But God knows you deeply, and he loves you. And he's a very personal God, remember. So tell God what you need, because he's really good at providing comfort and protection and giving us restoration and helping us reframe things, difficult experiences that can lead us to change and transformation, right? Ultimately, God through Jesus restores us completely. Through faith in Jesus, God gives us the Holy Spirit and can revive even the most lifeless of us all. In Hebrews 14, five through six, it says, for God said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. So I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Wow, that's the kind of confidence that we can have with Jesus, no matter what we go through in life. God is an expert at restoration. So, worship team, would you come back up? Let me ask you this question. Do you feel dry and lifeless today? Is there any part or aspect of your life where you feel dry and lifeless and, and you, maybe you feel burdened by the worries of today? God can lead you through your difficult circumstances. He can. Don't lose hope. Don't give up. God is with you. He will lead you. So let's acknowledge God today. Let's begin to talk to him. Let's draw close to him in difficult times instead of of drawing away or feeling like he's pulled away. He has not. He's forming in us and shaping in us. He's leading us along to what is going to be goodness. We recognize that the only one who can give us the comfort and peace that we need, the only one who can fully redeem our lives is Jesus. So we're gonna pray for the next couple of moments and I'm just gonna ask... You to close your eyes and bow your head. Uh, I'm going to ask you just to, uh, in your heart and mind, open, open yourself up to the Lord. Maybe if you'd like, you can even open your hands. I'm going to read this psalm again for us as we just spend these, this next couple of moments just in prayer. If you need prayer, uh, we'd love to pray for you. Pastor Holly is available to pray. I'll be available to pray uh, in the midst of this next song if you'd like. Uh, but let's just come to the Lord today heavenly father we just thank you for your word we thank you for your gracious offer that you are our shepherd that you lead us many of us are going through difficult circumstances and I pray that we have some hope today knowing that your promises you won't leave us but that you'll guide us that you can restore and renew we need that our world needs that this morning God So speak deeply to us, show us maybe some areas where we need that kind of restoration and let us just surrender it fully and completely to you. So let's just pray for a moment.